Indiana. Welcome to the Crossroads Sports Radio Show, presented by Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Crossroads Sports Radio, episode 76. It's your host, Brandon Reef. Jonathan Birdsong joining me once again. JB, how are we? Good evening, man. Trying to enjoy some of this spring Indianapolis weather while we can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm actually doing the show uh, out back right now, backyard, on the patio. Okay. So as long as no animals attack me, I will be good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a big show tonight. We've got a lot of NBA talk, playoffs, lottery. Yep. We've got uh, around the circuit to hit, kind of a quick hitters. But in the middle of it, ladies and gentlemen, in about 45 minutes from now, we've got the definitive coach, Brandon Brantley, Purdue basketball assistant coach, is going to join us. We're going to have a nice interview for about 15, 20 minutes with Brandon. We're going to talk Purdue basketball. We're going to talk about his playing career because he played at Purdue. Uh, It's going to be a fun time. One of our good friends as well uh, of mine and Jonathan's both. So definitely looking forward to it. And then at the end of the show, you have to stay tuned because at the end of the show, we've got a surprise for everybody for our guest for next week's show. So we, uh, we have it officially booked for next week, uh, but we have our guest. So we'll get to that. John, I have, one question for you to start the night off. What's that? What's how that? lucky do how lucky do you feel? Do you feel normal lucky or do you feel New Orleans Pelicans six percent lucky? Because <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans, my friend, have got the number one pick overall and they've got the rights coming up most likely to Zion Williamson. Uh what yeah. was your thoughts on that last night? So, like, you know, there was a, a, a big hum over or, you know, screaming, you know, whatever you want to call it, over social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatnot, about the, the about the NBA draft being fixed or whatever. Um, the Lakers, who who had been who had been uh, kind of slotted in everybody's draft spots between, you know, anywhere from five to ten, actually got into the top four. And nobody had the New Orleans Pelicans in number one because they actually won games. They actually won games this year. They, you know, they didn't win yeah. up, right? That's why it's lottery. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks are the team that, and Knicks and Phoenix were actually the teams that actually people thought were going to finish in the top, you know, two. And they, they didn't have the Knicks up there. Phoenix is picking six, and the Knicks are picking third. Now, and only this lottery alone, Brandon, right? This is lottery alone is where you you you're picking where it's like a thump thump ba-dum, you know that 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 noise maker from from uh, from Price is Right you don't win yeah you don't, if you don't get the number one dra- number one overall like everybody's like kind of, there you go but, a little off cue but, but yes <laughs> right but right but the thing about it is man of course yeah Zion Williams is the prize package in this in this particular draft uh, and New Orleans it can can kind of go anywhere they they can. They can kind of go anywhere with 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 their with their team now because again they weren't they weren't a terrible team. This is kind of their their superstar just kind of said he wanted he wanted to play elsewhere. Um, and, I, and we'll get to that here in a second. But it's not it's, we shouldn't we shouldn't poo poo at all where the Memphis Grizzlies picking or even the Knicks. The Knicks I know the Knicks fans had Zion Williams in their heart, 
but you know, it's not that it's not that R.J. Barrett or whoever else is going to be who's kind of going to be slated at pick three isn't going to be able to help them in a in, in not necessarily immediately, but definitely down the down the road. You know, what I mean, when I look at right. some of these some when I look at some of these guys that are coming in early early entry, like I see incredible talent. We hell, we all saw the incredible talent on display during the during the during the uh, NCAA tournament. Well, as you know, as I as you know, and as I well know too, like you know, pro basketball takes it up on like a whole other five notches, right? So a lot of these guys are going to be on somewhat of a developmental curve, but it's not like there's there's not a. I'm, I'm I'm trying to trying to explain to you. There's another. I think there's another great player in this draft besides Zion Williamson. You just gonna have to. You, yeah, hell, Brady. The world's gonna have to wait on Zion Williamson and what he can really do. You know what I mean? He's only 19, so I don't want anybody right. thinking. Next year, next year, even even the Pelicans do keep Anthony Davis, right? That Zion Williamson is going to come in and somehow be, you know, LeBron James in year six. You know, that's that's not that's 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 not going to happen. So, um, uh-huh. like I said, Memphis is pick, Memphis, Memphis is picking two, Knicks is picking third, and the Lakers are picking fourth. But I doubt. I, I, I kind of talked with you earlier. I doubt whoever the Lakers pick at pick four plays a minute in, in purple and gold. Okay. I doubt it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Zion going number one to the Pelicans. Nobody really had them on the list. GM David Griffin, my God, he he had a home run with that. Um, right. He knew he had a chance. And so you got New Orleans at one, most likely going to take Zion Williamson. Um, even the simplest person who does not know basketball would take Zion Williamson. Right. Uh, Memphis at two. I, I, I mean, we'll, we're going to do our NBA draft special in June, but I feel you got to – they're going to look at John Morant probably at number two in Memphis um, with him being kind of locally there in Kentucky, just across the state line uh, from Tennessee. Uh, so they, you can see him fitting in well there. New York at three. Now I know everybody, like you said, everybody was upset. It it was supposed to be the Zion show in New York. And so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. RJ Barrett's not a bad player or, or He's John right. Morant. He's- well, he's not a bad player. I, I've had, I've heard comparisons from professionals alike, and what I when I look at it, kind of reminds you of a of a of a prototypical small forward, and like like don't don't poo poo it like Danny Granger. I'm not saying attitude, but like Danny Granger, you know Danny Granger type of basketball player, six foot eight, six foot seven, going to play wing. You know, what I mean, kind of kind of depends upon you know to get fouled. You know, say what can draw a foul. Actually, draws foul pretty well. You know, uh, sometimes the shot ain't working, you know what I mean? But, again, he's only, you know, 18, 19 years old himself. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not, it's not, a, it's not a bad situation to, to pick up uh, or to be having to have to draft R.J. Barrett at three at all. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, uh, uh, I, and you know, I, I'm starting to, as I'm looking at the talent now, I'm going, kind of going through the player profiles for the draft, uh, and now this is going out on a limb. Uh, I'm saying it. I don't 100% believe it, but I'm getting there. I even think R.J. Barrett may have a better NBA career than Zion Williamson. Ooh, career. Better career. Because <laughs> um, I think R.J. I, I think the NBA guys are going to hone in when Zion gets to the league because I'm, I'm, everybody and their brother knew what Zion did when he was driving the ball in. What'd he do? He always spun left every single time. Yeah. Uh, NBA heads are going to know that they're going to have a better, they have a better uh, basketball knowledge. They're going to pick that up quickly. Um, and Zion going to begin the larger guys that he's going to have to go up against. 
uh, in the NBA, a little bit bigger than him. Uh, right. But with Barrett, Barrett can shoot, I feel, shoot the three better. He can do uh, get to the basket a little bit easier than Zion, and his moves aren't as uh, scripted, I guess, as Zion Williamson is possibly. Right. Um, so that's it, why it, I think – go ahead. No, it's, it's not even uh, it's not even out of the realm of possibility that Culver from Texas yeah. Tech goes as high as third. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the difference between him and R.J. Barrett is, is like not, you know, squint. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. they well, probably can do. So the, the Knicks would fuck that up and probably take Culver um, at the number three <laughs> pick. It would not surprise me. But here's my thing, John. I'm sitting here looking at New Orleans. Well, it was reported today that David Griffin and them, even with <clears throat> the – what they've got, they will not trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Uh, David Griffin even said they, they won't do that, even for the fourth pick. So you would have the first and fourth pick. He doesn't want to do it. Um, I think uh, you can sit there and, yeah, can we see it possibly of them sticking together, Zion and Anthony Davis, put them together and see what you get with, with Holiday? John, I think you've already seen this before with a better player than Zion with Boogie Cousins in there. You had two bigs in there already and couldn't do – Anthony Davis's game was thrown off by Bookie Cousins being in there. Uh, I'm going to have, so, what? I'm gonna have to dis- I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. Um, well, I mean, it's two superstars. We've seen how it happened. Well, I, I, I see what you're saying. Their front line – so Anthony Davis can, can move. I mean, if that's what they – if that's what the plan is to kind of keep them in there for like one more year, right? Kind of showing him that hey, we can win because the team still got bets on the team still good, right? Right. Davis can play center. Andy Davis can play center. Zion Williams can play power forward. I see Zion Williamson as something in between Charles Barkley and Draymond Green, and and I don't think I'm, and I think they are better passers. So Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley is a great passer in his own right itself, but I think they're better passers. But Zion Williamson is as as athletic as Charles Barkley ever was when he was at that age, and mm-hmm. and I and I gave and the reasons I compare him to Draymond because they kind of have the same kind of body type. I think Zion Williams gonna have to work on his body, uh, and for the, like the long haul, for like the long haul of the NBA season, eighty-two game regular season. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of a kind of a little chunkster, chunkster right? But I, it, I, 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 you know, I, you know, Dave Griffin might have got the word from up top not to trade. To uh, Anthony Davis to the Lakers, but like at some point, if Anthony Davis comes back in and says they'll says that hey, I don't want to play with whoever is here, then you kind of got to make the deal the best deal to make your team the best to be, to make your team better going further. Like there's no reason to keep on. He dude, he had a didn't he have a that's all folks a Warner Brothers shirt on? Yeah, last game? yes. <laughs> so like you know unless unless which I you know there's been like crazy talk about. The crazy talk, believe me, about LeBron James getting traded out of the Lakers uniform. Unless they're going to trade, for, unless they're going to trade LeBron to the Pelicans, which I highly doubt, highly doubt. Then, then I say to David Griffin and to uh, New Orleans ownership, uh, you know, let him go, let him go for the. I mean, don't let him go for nothing, but let him go for the best, for the best yeah. whatever he can get. I, w- I want to make two points real quick, and I just heard something and read it online now that just got posted and. We have to talk about it because it's a scenario. But first, let me talk about this. I think the real winners in all this now for Anthony Davis, Davis sweepstakes are the Boston Celtics because now, John, they've got the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd pick in the draft. Three first-round picks for the Celtics this year. 
which they can yeah. easily trade to New Orleans and give New Orleans even more draft talent to put in there um, right. with them. So I think this helps Boston tremendously on trying to get them to uh, get 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 Anthony Davis. Right. It does. It does. Don't Boston got other problems? <laughs> they do. Signing, they do. Signing and guys. we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, you know, but I have to throw out another thing. Uh, Brian Windhorse, and you can take it for you want, but it's a topic you have to bring up because theoretically this still could happen. Uh, Zion Williamson can still go back to college <laughs> if he's not he's not happy. Brian Windhorse just reported that since since uh, Zion Williamson has not signed an agent, he has not signed a shoe deal. Theoretically, and Zion's a good kid, I doubt he would do this, but he could go right. back to Duke and threaten it, saying, hey, Pelicans, I don't want to play for you. Like that's You've seen how crushed he was last night when they showed him going to New Orleans. His face looked like, looked like somebody stole his favorite toy. But Brian yeah. Windhorst is reporting tonight that Zion could snub the Pelicans and return to Duke for one more year. Or he could say, hey, if you guys don't trade me, I'm going to end up going back. I don't see well, him doing that, but that's a possibility. No, yeah, there is, it's not out of the realm of possibility that a guy gets drafted and holds out either. Uh, has happened Eli Manning. Eli, well, I'm talking about NBA, yeah. Eli, yeah. Uh, Eli, uh, NBA-wise, I think, I'm pretty sure, you have to check me on the, like, how many games you said. Jimmy Jackson almost said like half the season he got drafted yes. by the Dallas Mavericks. And so did uh, – I want to say Juwan Howard did too to set out a couple of games before that was different because they were they were working on contracts you know, like like what he's going to get paid before they had a rookie scale scale wage or whatever so a lot of times guys would come in and say hey if you don't pay me eighty million dollars what do I well wait a minute you just you just got you just got college you you just got out right. of you know your, your economy class you ask for eighty million dollars the team ain't worth but you know ninety million so but. Well, with all that being said, like I kind of agree with you saying, I don't think he, I don't, I don't see him going back to that, uh, to do. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Tate would take him back in the, with open arms, right? But I, 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 I don't, I don't, I hope, I hope that we don't go into uh, the spoiled rotten athlete that doesn't want to play for a certain franchise. Right. That's what they didn't, they didn't. I hope that you know, I know, I remember, I remember years ago, Steve Francis kind of pouted his way on draft night. When he was uh, yeah, when he was drafted, I think he was drafted by uh, was it then the Vancouver Grizzlies? No, was that Steve Francis? Was that Mike yes. Bibby? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, Bibby went there. I think Francis. Yeah, no, it was it was Francis. It was Steve Francis. Kind of pounded his way until he got traded to to Houston. So um, yeah, I think it all I think it all yep. worked out. Have a, good, have a good talk with Coach K. He'll, he'll, he'll find some good places in New Orleans to hang out hang out at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh I think it's I think it's just great that Windhorse is reporting that NBA officials are now are talking that this is a real possibility just based on the rules that they changed where now even if you sign an agent, you have so pretty much Zion has up until 10 days before the draft to go back yeah. to do. So yeah. if he doesn't like what I'm he's back. hearing <laughs> I imagine he'll look at that. I imagine he'll look at all the contracts that he'll be potentially getting, and all the money that he's potentially with. Like, it doesn't really matter at that point. I don't, you know, nothing, nothing bad mouth anybody who's ever played for 
this small market team in Indiana, but I don't think everybody they they had they had homes here or they rented here. They didn't necessarily you know have roots here. So right. it's not it's not like you got to live in New Orleans. You can go you can fly back. You can, you can have somewhere in your contract where you can fly back to South Carolina, where it's from. Or if you wanted to hang out in New York or have an apartment in New York, you can fly back to New York every other weekend. You know that's what you let me, show choose to do. Let me ask you this: yep. What the hell is? And this guy pissed off the New York fans. I don't know. What the hell is so great and thing about going to New York and play for the Knicks? Let me tell you two things. Number one, the price for an apartment Uh-oh. in New York, way high. Why do you want to spend all that money for a little dungeon of a place and you can save your money in New Orleans? Number two, when the hell is the last time the New York Knicks have been relevant? Can you give me the year? How many years it's been? 20 years. 20 years, John. 1999, the last time they went to the NBA Finals. And before that, they had a broken down Patrick Ewing that couldn't, couldn't get him past the Houston Rockets in 1995. Yep. Uh, so what the hell is New York know, so it's important? Story, People want to go it's here. Story franchise. You know, Brandon, it's the story franchise. You know, the, the top, the top. The NBA was always great in the 70s and 80s when the following teams, Philadelphia, the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, we're constantly we're in constant in Boston camp for for camp against Philly. We're in constant uh, talks or constant competitive, you know, what I'm saying for the championship. Uh, Philadelphia's back. The Lakers are kind of, I don't know, back right. They are in constant news, right? But uh, the Knicks kind of stumbled, you know, ever since ever since Carmelo left, or ever since they try to form a super team. Well, I don't I don't like the word super team, but every time they try to you know form a a great team in New in New York with Stoudemire and, and Carmelo and and uh, and uh, uh, J.R. Smith, right? Remember that? Remember that team? Oh yeah. Um, so they kind of kind of filled experiment and, and Dolan kind of the ownership has kind of got in, in the way or whatever. It's just some. I, I'm not necessarily a Nick fan. I'm not necessarily a Nick hater. I mean, obviously, I, I enjoyed the rivalry the Pacers had with the Knicks. Obviously, as a as a as a spectator, I also enjoyed the rivalry that they had with the Bulls. But again, like you say, that's over 25 years ago. Believe it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but like you know, the, the NBA is the NBA is better. The NBA is great. That's just not. This never makes a mistake. Listen, honest. The NBA. When you look at guys together, it's small market, big market, large market, Canadian market. Everybody's getting paid, and everybody there's fan interest everywhere. You know, um, the Knicks just kind of want back in, and they and like for years they have not had the correct model of trying to get back in. Um, and maybe I, I don't know what it is. I, I guess you can kind of point to ownership getting in the way. You can kind of point to like whatever coaches or whatever general manager Phil Jackson. Sorry, are you Bulls Bulls fans? Sorry, Phil Jackson kind of his his time and tenure there was because was was, was uh, mired and you know what you know what I mean um, mm-hmm. and nothing and, and nothing. They, you know they haven't won, but you know historically they they want the, the Knicks as an organization want to get back to their winning ways and the NBA kind of wants them to get back to their winning ways but they can't seem to figure out how to um and like I said it's, un, it's just unfortunate so you kind of yeah. right from 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 a coach standpoint man it's it's a cool it's a cool I have never been there but I have I have family live there and I, I know people that go there it's a cool place to to, to absorb a lot of culture um uh, different cultures that you know what I mean because that's yeah, yeah. how many people listen how many you know what I mean so from that standpoint that's why kind of cool to play in New York, right? I, I would assume. But from from the organization standpoint and business standpoint, like the Knicks It's dirty, like work, it's dingy, they kind of, they think, it's trashy. They, they got some scumbag fans. I mean, hey, oh, you wow. know what? <laughs> hey, hey, 
Crossroads, we, we don't pull punches here. We speak the truth. I mean, come on. I can sit there and I can tell you exactly what a New York fan is going to look like when uh, all the complaining and bitching he's going to do. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for a response from Spike Lee. I don't know if he's alive, if he's dead. I've seen Stephen A. Smith's response, but I haven't seen Spike Lee's. Yeah, uh, uh, Stephen A. was sick. Stephen A. was sick, but you can't, you can't, you can't hit, you can't hit your wagon. Uh, you're saying championship teams are built more than just number one overall pick. Exactly. Look at where, where the Golden, look where the Golden State Warriors are at. Steph Curry was yep. pick six. I want to say, I want to say Clay was in the top ten, but he wasn't in the top five. No, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I take that back. But he wasn't top four. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can, and we all know Draymond was in the second round. So, um, and Donald, Donald, when you talk about the old Spurs, you know what I mean? Of course, Dame, was number one overall. Yeah. But Damian Lillard was number six. Right, right. So you can you can find there's talent. There's 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 you know. Uh, with, with, there's, there's, there's players that franchise players, you know, saying beyond the number one overall. You just gotta, you just gotta find the right scout, right, you know, talent guy to, to look at, the, to look at the, what what's out there and, and, and bring guys into your system. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, R.J. Barrett met with the Knicks today to kind of just, uh, I guess, see where they're where they're at with that. Which you know, I think yeah, Barrett would be a good. Back. Yeah, well, he ain't going back. We see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a win for the Pacers. And I'm going to tell you two reasons why. Number one, uh, Cleveland and Chicago both didn't get up there and get one of those top four players um, who, who kind of stepped themselves out a little bit. So that's a win right there, that the central division. Yeah, now you've got them at five and you got them at seven, but it could have been a lot worse. It could have been bigger superstar players possibly going in there. Uh, secondly, right three of the first four teams are all out West. So you're going to get three of the four top players playing out West. You only got to see them twice, not three, four times right. in the playoff in a playoff race. So I think that's even a win for Indiana as well. Um, looking at the Pacers, they got the 18th spot right now. Uh, I say right now, because there is a chance Kevin Pritchard may trade the pick. Um, there's a lot of talk with it. I know you've talked about wanting to trade the pick. I see crazy, crazy mock drafts right now that have Romeo Langford set for the Pacers. If that happens, John, I may go on the <laughs> biggest rant there ever has been. And not because of IU it's because the kid slept walk his entire way through the big 10 season. Yeah, and I don't want to hear talking. this hand injury. <laughs> right. I was talking with a uh, uh, fellow uh, crossroad contributor, uh, Willie Martin as well earlier today. Um, and, uh, he he also came with some different scenarios uh, about about what to do with the pick. Uh, I thought about, like I said, packing it up um, with maybe a player or whatever, or some future considerations, and go talk to some teams who have who have vets who could probably who probably want to get off, who probably want a more of an opportunity who aren't starting. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, because like I said, I I seen the same I seen the same I seen the same um, draft scenarios that you saw Romeo Lanford. Doesn't doesn't really didn't really like pick up my fancy. I also seen PJ Washington, uh, uh, his name tied to the Pacers at pick eighteen. He's kind of an undersized power forward. Probably gonna have to play a little bit of small forward or whatever. He has a nice little shot. So from a developmental piece, if we could get PJ, it'd be great. But it's not necessarily what the Pacers fans want. The Pacers fans want not developmental. They want to be in win mode. From you know who I think would be good. 
and I've sold a couple mocks, and it's going to be in my blog. I'm going to write next month um, for the NBA draft or who the Pacers should should go after. Uh, Rua Hachimuri from Gonzaga, uh, power there. forward. He'll be there. Yeah, he could okay. be there at, at 18. You know, it's 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 interesting, but you know, right now the uh, I just seen the latest mock. Some of the mocks haven't updated since the lottery. But uh, one right. of them I'm looking at has got uh, DeAndre Hunter going number four to the Lakers. I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. They've moved Cam Reddish all the way up to five to the Cavaliers. You can see Cam Reddish four times possibly um, as a Pacer fan. Darius Garland, I know you're not fond of him. They got him at six right now to the Phoenix Suns. Jarrett Culver at eight to the Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks have two picks in the top ten, by the way. The, put yep. that with Trey, with, uh, Trey Young. Uh, got to keep an eye on that. Now here they've got Rua with the Timberwolves at 11, so he may not make it. But um, PJ Washington at 16 to Orlando, Romeo Langford number 17 to the New Jer- or the Brooklyn Nets. God, New Jersey. Who? I'm thinking of the old Terry <laughs> Kittles. Uh, and at 18 they have a freshman shooting guard Kevin Porter Jr. from USC going to Indiana. So um, he has. Uh, it says there are concerns about how invested Porter Jr. is to become a star. There's no concerns. He's physically gifted. Uh, he's one of the most talented athletes in his class, a smooth stroke, and a playmaker. If he reaches his potential, Indy will be getting a productive wing who can comp- complement old Victor Oladipo perfectly. So 6-6 six, six shooting guard to play along beside Oladipo in the backcourt. Who knows? Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I... I still think you trade the pick, but I'm looking, John, I don't know if you want to trade up or not. There's no, there's no incentive to me to trade up. Yeah, Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily like, you know, unless you got, unless you find a fool, a general manager, right. That's going to give you, you know what I'm saying? 18 and and TJ Leaf. I I mean, I don't, don't, I'm not going against TJ. I I actually like TJ Leaf, but who's, if you find somebody, a fool is going to give you, you know what I mean? Pick three or pick two for, for nothing, which is, you know, I don't think so, but, there's got to be, you know, good old good old Donnie Walsh was always good. I know he's not necessarily in the front office right now, but good old Donnie Walsh was always good about finding that second guy who was on somebody's tail end of their bench. And yeah. who would turn out to be maybe not necessarily the guy, but definitely could have all-star, you know what I'm saying, all-star talent over him. I, I just remember when he traded Dale Davis, I was like, what? And then <laughs> he, he, brought in, he brought in Jermaine O'Neal, and I was like, ah. And then after you seen Jermaine O'Neal, Explode! You saw why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, shout I, out, Jane. Shout out, Jermaine O'Neal. Met him this past weekend. Yeah, I, nice I, guy. I know things. Right. I know things didn't always end correctly. It didn't all didn't end great here for Jermaine. But the talent to when you trade when you think about what Dell Davis, uh, to, you know, what I'm saying with the numbers he could put up, and at one point Jermaine O'Neal was like third in the MVP voting. Like you do the deal every time. You do that deal every time. So. Um, that's yeah. the kind of deal I'm thinking. That's the kind of deal I'm hoping Pritchard can find. Like, find somebody like that who's, who's pining away and is looking for minutes, starters minutes, but can't get starters minutes because you know what I'm saying sitting on the bench. I found somebody for you. He wears number twelve. Who? My boy Grayson? No, 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 no. That's twenty-four. That's double that number. Terry Rozier. Okay. And the reason why I say Terry ah. Rozier would fit that perfectly. Terry Rozier was on first take earlier this week, John. And uh, he, they were talking about the Boston Celtics and, uh, you know what, maybe they can get the pieces together for next year. And Terry's response was, quote, I may have to go. I've put up a lot with this year. 
I'm not interested in running it back with the same team, period. Is that not a shot at Kyrie Irving or what? Yeah, he's a little fed up. I read those comments, and then he's a little fed up. So it kind of sounds like he would be down for a return so long as Kyrie wasn't there. And I think uh, I – Come to I, Indy. I, I, I kind of – who, did Terry Rozier? Yes, I want him. Is it is it but, but, okay, Brandon? So is he more? I hope I hope I, I believe. But I got another friend who kind of who kind of sides with you and thinks that Terry Rozier is a, is, a, is a starter. But I, I also know as a Boston fan, he spent a lot of time with Marcus Smart, and yep. a lot of times, you know, what I'm saying his numbers. Look, I mean, his numbers did look good. But sometimes, man, he he does have. He's he's also a 39 percent career field goal shooter. Um, so you be giving him the starters' reigns total. You know, what I'm saying total in total. Um, but is he more? I, I just it's kind of leery. Is he more Reggie Jackson when he was in? No, no, OKC? not a chance. Man, Reggie Jackson put up great numbers. Yeah, he did. He won the start. Then he won the but, start, and it wasn't fair. Wasn't right, fair. but Terry Rozier's got the offense. He's got the defense, and here's here's the X factor that they're going to need next Just season. Yep. You have to have that asshole on the team next year. And who can be that guy? Terry Rozier. Reggie Jackson was never the asshole of the team. Reggie Jackson was not good. He got along with everybody. Rozier is that attitude that you need. You may lose it with Thad Young leaving. Right. Then who you got? Who, then where's your identity at? It's sure as hell I, not I, Miles I kinda, Turner. Right. I kind of I kind of agree with you in that regard because the names that's getting thrown about among free agency, whether it be Kimball Walker. Or Jimmy Buckets, those guys are not interested in, in becoming Pacers. Uh uh-uh. uh So a Terry Rozier, if you know, what I'm saying once you say goodbye to Corey Joseph, and maybe you offer maybe Darren Carlson a little baby contract, and maybe he takes it to play a little backup. But Terry Rozier, I think would I think could I could see him as a Pacer. And he would I get starter minutes, what he wants. And yeah, we would probably pay like him that. too. Well, yeah, it just man, I don't know where I, I have. I don't know where his numbers at. Man, constantly something's going plated this year. I don't know where his numbers at. Yeah, I I just right now on my pacer big board, and I've got I guess on my pacers uh, notepad, I've got Terry Rozier circled right now as my number one free agent target, and that's because of those three: offense, defense, and attitude. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because the Pacers need a little bit of that. They need somebody not only to get after the other team, and I'm not saying always get after the other team and get technicals and do all that, pushing, but for your own guys, get under your own guys' ass. Because Thad Young was the only one to do that, and I, I he did it maybe, maybe 60% of the time this year. Mm-hmm. You know, He stepped it up right after Victor Oladipo got hurt, and the Pacers had a good run, but that wore off. That leadership that he said, you know, we got to step up now, Vic's out, that wore off. And I think with Rozier, at least you're adding that element. He's played in Boston. He's played on, I want to say, championship caliber teams. That's went deep. So he's got that veteran leadership. Uh, right. You know, I, I, I just right now that guy is number one on my board. He's going to be getting a big contract. Absolutely. Right now he's at he was at four years, eight million. So he got two years. He got four million this past year. Okay. So uh, he has I- a option maybe maybe it's not an option uh i think i think that's true i think he's actually a free agent yes he is a free agent if he yeah. comes back uh, think, he has a player option if he comes back he'll get four million but he's gonna definitely make a lot more than that 
Yeah, I don't foresee him coming back. I just don't. You know, I could say Boston's got a lot of decisions to make. <laughs> a lot of decisions <laughs> to make. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll do our Pacers probably for, before free agency starts. We'll do our own little preview show um, mm-hmm. for that. You know who, I mean, they're not going to get him because they traded for him and they made that stretch run, but I went and might even get a Tobias Harrison here as well. Because because yeah, his I, his I don't know high. if we're going to get bogey. I don't know if we're going to get bogey back. You know? I could see somebody paying stupid for him. Give me Miami. Give me a Orlando. Somebody just paying – or the Brooklyn Nets. To get him in, yeah. 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 I just – and I, I think Jimmy Buckets is going to probably end up a Brooklyn Net. They're going to throw him everything. So it'll be Brooklyn – it'll be Jimmy Buckets and D'Angelo Russell running the backcourt there with Spencer Dimley. And that's going to be a good team. They were in the playoffs this year. Uh the Pacers need to add key parts because if not, you're going to get left behind. You got lucky in the draft the lottery order, but Kevin Pritchard, uh, Peter Dinwiddie, Chad Buchanan, Donnie Walsh, Larry Bird, you guys all have a lot to do this summer to make this team <laughs> better. You don't get so much of a pass with Victor being hurt. A little bit, but eh, a little bit, not, when right. you have, not when you have all 60-some, at least 60-some million in cap space currently waiting on you. So, uh Speaking of Pacers, let's talk former Pacers. Frank Vogel, named head coach of the Lakers. I'm happy for him. I love that he got another job. I love Frank. Uh, Jason Kidd was named his top assistant. The Lakers wanted him to be his assistant if they were going to sign Vogel. Something smells fishy to me here, John. Is it a coach in waiting to learn the system and learn the Laker way before they just say, bye, Frank? Well, if that's the case, then they've, they've made a mistake because Frank Vogel was a better coach than Jason Kidd everybody dreamed to be. And I'm not – I mean, Jason Kidd played – was a hell of a player. He's a Hall of Famer player. But Frank Vogel's a better coach than him. And Frank Vogel's actually a better uh, guy who uh, uh, studies film and studies game tape. He's a better coach than Jason Kidd. Um, I don't know. I also – you know what? They should have probably just retained – it probably would put a bad taste in maybe Brian Shaw's mouth. They should have just retained Brian Shaw to be the to be the, to assistant, the assistant coach. But – and had Pacers West, right? Yeah. <laughs> like for like, but but in, in all seriousness, man, like I I, I, I Frank Vogel, I've, I've talked to you about it before. Frank Vogel got a raw deal here yeah. in, in here in Indiana because he clashed with Larry Bird because Larry Bird said he wanted guys to play certain minutes and certain certain positions on the on the on the court, and Frank Vogel didn't do that. Frank Vogel's job is to win games. And he he went against he he went against Larry Bird and and they they hell they made the playoffs but they lost so that was Larry Bird's way of saying hey you're fired right but and then he took a crap job just to, you know just, I mean it was to take in Orlando just to keep just to keep you know hell they're gonna pay you right just take the, you know I mean take the money right and then and he's been gone for like two two seasons so um, I got I got I do but that's the fan of Frank Vogel. What needs to happen is that everybody needs to have buy-in. Not not just LeVar, not just Lonzo Ball, not just Brandon Ingram, or whoever else is on the, who's going to be on the team after whatever changes they make. But even LeBron, you have to you have to believe in what Frank is saying is what's going to make you excel on the court. And mm-hmm. by and large, well, from what I remember, I'm not talking about the Orlando years. From what I remember, the only teams that ever beat a Frank Vogel led. Uh, Coach team was 
but on, 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 you know what I'm saying, consistently was LeBron James in, in the Miami Heat uniform or LeBron yeah. James in the Cleveland yeah, so, and he knew what uh, he, and he's seen Frank so much. He knows, like, damn, Frank. They took us to the wire, you know, uh, several times in the Eastern Conference Finals and that semifinal, seven games, seven games, seven games. Uh, so yeah, Frank. Uh, I think LeBron respects Frank. I think he'll bring him in there. Um, you know, like we said, I think we're just now starting to see, and it's obvious you can say, "Duh, Brandon," but. I think this was the first year we actually saw a true decline in LeBron James's season and career. Right. Maybe because right. he got hurt and he never got hurt before in the past, but I think there, there's that, well, that shield breaking. Play, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense like excuse me like he no. used to. He doesn't. You know what I mean? Nope. And 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 I mean unfortunately, like I said, five, I hate I hate using the term, but five times undefeated, right? You can't you can't jump and spring. Like you were, you know, what I'm saying, like you were when you're 25, that you came when you're 35. Again, he's still able to score almost kind of at will, or, or make the right passes almost at will, but he does not play defense like he used to. So, yeah, absolutely. They've got to work. I think. I, I think. Uh, I mean, I know they wanted somebody. I know they wanted other guys. I mean, Tyrone Lue kind of passed on him because of the years of the contract. I know Monty Williams kind of. Kind of went another direction because he he saw the organization that somewhat they didn't know what the heck they were doing, but I think they got it right. They yeah, got a good, they got a good, they got a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. I I hundred percent agree, and I hope uh, I hope it works out well for Vogel. He was one of my one of my favorites here. Um, there's only a few coaches with the, from the Pacers that I really really enjoyed. Um, Jimmy O'Brien. Like Jimmy O'Brien. Uh, what was it I called him? <laughs> well, I forget what I called him in that text message. I think I may have called him no, a scumbag too. Be, I don't know. Yeah, you well, know, the crossroads. We you know what we have. We say what we need to in the crossroads sports. Uh, no, it's uh, I, I did like uh, Frank. I think Larry Brown was another one, and and definitely uh, Larry Bird. Um, and you know Rick Carlisle, secretly Rick Carlisle. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I guess we're killing a little bit of NBA. We got about we got a few minutes before Brandon comes on. Tell the Crossroads audience why you want the Mavericks to get rid of Christoph Porzingis. Dude, man, he like I, I don't he didn't do anything Knicks, wrong. I think the Knicks did themselves a favor by trading, <laughs> and then he gets I don't know where he got this some video from Prague. I don't know where it's from. It's just real grainy. He's in a club and evidently got beat up. Like how do you get how do you six foot eleven or and a half get beat up by I don't do he's a he's a walking drama center now man for real yeah he's a walking like and and I I just don't know man like I, like the, you know he's a walking drama center he's got the allegations of you know sexual assault against him as well you you would just assume that as soon as, I mean I know I'm not, I'm not saying you should just quit your life or stop going out but you want to remain low profile as humanly possible. With with when mm-hmm. the specter of those things kind of come around you, and like this has kind of been a horrible off season for the unicorn already. Yeah. So that's why I, I, I'm not. I, I know they. I know they're not going to trade him. They 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 kind of see him as the as an, an heir apparent in style anyway. From what uh, I'm not, he do he's not he ain't on Dirk Nowitzki's level just yet, man. Let's just be honest. But they kind of see him as an heir apparent down in Dallas. Uh, 
so long as everything comes 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 back on un, un, unclear and he doesn't get convicted of any type of misdemeanor or or and, and, and he stays out of bar fights or whatever, man, I'm 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 gonna root for him. But uh, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a long he's got a hard road in front of him, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was announced earlier this week. Um, we talked actually last week's show, John, about the big three, the big three league that's still around and you know it's it's. Getting a lot of popularity. Uh, the big three's coming to Indianapolis in June. Right, crazy. Uh, crazy. John, we may have to go make an appearance at this. This, this is going to bring you back to the the '90s all over again. Man, you're going to think Gus you're at Market Mackers Square. <laughs> Gus Macker's rolling over in his grave, man, with three on three basketball. <laughs> <laughs> three on three basketball is back, man. It is high. I, I'm kind of happy for it, man, because. It actually kind of extends the, uh, even though it's not necessarily connected to the NBA, uh, it, it extends the NBA season just a little bit longer, man. And like uh, now, guys who are fresh out the league are are are, are joining. I think we kind of talked about this uh, earlier. Um, <laughs> I think we talked about this a little earlier, but like yeah, now guys are uh, are, are joining are joining the big three and are and, and it's, it, like I said, it's got interest, man. Ice Cube. Who's the? Uh, I, I think he's the owner, right? He, uh, he's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I follow Ice Cube. He's a he's a great follow on Instagram. Uh, he talks about Big Three more than he talks about uh, his rap career now. So um, I can't wait. I do. I I've only watched it the last couple seasons. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of engaged now that uh, Big Three is coming to the home of basketball. Right. Okay. So uh, we we might have to, we might have to see. We'll see. We, we, man, <laughs> can Billy Keller still play? Boy, I hope it's the former Pacers are here. I hope Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, Al Harrington, shit, Sean Williams, bring them all back. I want to. I, oh, wow. Now I don't know how it works. I think it's a two day thing. I think they do okay. games both both days, I guess, and they travel every weekend to a different city. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to watch it this year. I think. Uh, I think it's something we owe Crossroads for sure this year to kind of keep an eye on it. Uh, yeah. Throughout the summer, kind of gives us something to talk about as well. But yep. yeah, should be should be cool. Um, we got a couple minutes here, real quick. Uh, let's see. The AAU, John AAU circuit was here in Westfield this past uh, just north of Indianapolis. For those people not familiar here, up mm-hmm. in Westfield. Uh, a lot of top prospects uh, for high school uh, mm-hmm. in college, you know, trying to make their way to college, and a lot of coaches were there. A couple, couple big prospects, Bronny James, uh, LeBron's son, obviously, uh, going to be a 2023 recruit, probably go one year and done if the NBA draft rule is not there. And he took on a a kid, I'll say a kid, a grown kid, I guess, shoot, 15-year-old Imani, Imani Bates. Remember the name Imani mm-hmm. Bates? He's going to be a top 20, 2022 prospect. He scored 43 points, 11 rebounds against Bronny James on Saturday afternoon. I watched the game on YouTube. If you get a chance to check it out, check it out. It was a hell of a game. And these kids are 15 years old, John. Yeah. Basketball is a whole, a whole other level to, 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 to Monty Bates, man. Like, I, I joked around with you. I was like, man, teams are probably going to start tanking in 2021 just to get him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, He's he 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 is that good. I had I had another I had another good friend kind of already tell me about him, 
uh, from the Michigan area, and I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm not checking out no 14 year old kid, and then boom, he comes to my city, and then you, like you can't you can't take your arms off. He is lanky, skinny. It kind of kind of reminds you of Cameron. If you haven't seen Crossroads, uh, uh, viewing uh, listening audience, viewing audience, not yet, <laughs> listening audience, he's uh, he kind of reminds you of a little bit of Kevin Durantish. But like yes. I said, uh, he he will be. He is that you know saying if if, he, if anybody ever ran into me uh, last year or a year before that when I said Zion Williamson was the guy, this is the guy going further. He will be the guy once he gets to college or or whatever happens with the NBA's one and done rule if it goes away. He will be yeah. that guy that everybody wants. Imani Bates. Uh... You know, I and I, I went actually went out there and I watched uh, a little bit of the games on that Saturday and a little bit on that Sunday evening, and my goodness, like just seeing those guys play was was nuts, and the talent yeah. that comes with that is is amazing. So, uh, yeah, a lot more to go on that, um, but yeah, there's a lot of good basketball stars that are up and coming in high school currently right now that. Uh, that the AAU circuit is definitely showing, and they put on the display of Westfield this past weekend. So, yeah, absolutely. All yeah, right, Bob well now, yeah. Oh, we got we got we got him in. All right, we got him in, ladies and gentlemen. Crossroads Sports Nation. We've got our man, Purdue basketball assistant coach Brandon Brantley, joining us. Brandon, how are we? <sighs> Your all the applause in the, in the background. Yeah. Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you don't you don't have to do that. Hold on. There you go. The real applause for you. So, how you been, uh, what's man? What's going on, fellas? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, yeah. enjoying the uh, the off season. Yeah. So you know, a little downtime before we got to get back out on the road. So, but everything yeah, is everything's cool right now. Good, good, good to hear. Um, kind of for our listening audience, you know, Brandon's a good friend of myself and Jonathan's. Uh, he's getting ready to enter. The, you guys are about to enter their seventh season as an assistant coach there at Purdue. Um, kind of your background, you obviously played at Purdue as well in the 90s, part of that three-peat team in the mid-90s, uh, team captain on the number one seed Boilermakers in that West region. Uh, and then you kind of well, you went and afterwards you went and played overseas a bit, and then you went and came back in 2006 and you end up coaching at Ben Davis one of the local schools here. And that's kind of where I got to know you, uh, and such, but, uh, and then now you've made your way back to Purdue where you've been there the last seven seasons, the defending, and it feels so good to say this to Jonathan's face, the defending <laughs> big 10 champions. Yep. Defending. So, defending. It feels good. To, it feels good to hear, hear myself say it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's talk a little bit about this season. Uh, you know, during the year, we kind of talked to Jonathan, and it we, it kind of felt like Purdue wasn't getting a lot of the the love, and it used a lot of the media. It was like they kind of had an under the radar tournament run as well last year that nationally nobody saw coming. Some of us locally here thought there was a chance, but kind of talk about this past season how how it went. You know, um, uh, the season before um, we we lost. Uh, four really good seniors and you know it was uh, I think I think it was over 5000 points um I don't know the totals on the other stats but you know that was a lot of production um that walked that left our program and not only production you know but leadership you know trust and um college basketball is kind of 
you know, it's the opposite of the NBA. You know, you, you want to be old in college basketball. You want to have older guys. Um, the NBA wants those young guys because they can, um, you know, they're going to be there for a while. We're going to get these guys for four years. So, you know, obviously you want older and experienced guys. And so that's what we had um, leave our program. And so, um, you know, we, uh, everybody, you know, in, in our locker room and in our offices, we felt we had enough talent. We just had to kind of get to work as far as, um, um, you know, building, kind of building the culture back up. You know, not that our culture took a hit, but when you lose, you know, uh, we lost four leaders. And so now we're looking for new leadership in that locker room, guys uh, who, who've never led before. Um, but we always felt we had enough talent. We were going to be unique, but, but we had enough talent, you know. And the one thing I would tell people was I said, man, you know, um, yeah, we're going to miss Dakota. We're going to miss PJ. We're going to miss Isaac and Vince. But I said, man, I, you know, I like these guys, man. They're not scared. They, you know, they get along. They have fun. They want to compete. And so um, when the season started, if, if you look at our losses, we lost to some good teams. You know, we lost to uh, Virginia Tech on a neutral on a neutral floor in South Carolina. We lost an overtime game um, uh, at Florida State. Um, we, we went down and didn't play our best, but, you know, still tough to go into Austin and, and beat Texas, you know, at Texas. Um, <clears throat> and then we lose to um, Notre Dame um, uh, on uh, down in India, Banker's Life. And that was kind of the turning point for us um, because, you know, that was, I think that was our worst game because we, we, we didn't play with a lot of energy. We didn't play with toughness. Um, you know, we, we, we weren't moving the ball the way, um, you know, we, we, we kind of coach our guys to do um, every day. And so uh, Coach Painter kind of got some headlines with that with that speech he made in the in the press conference after the game. And I mean, he was really good with the guys, man. He uh, he didn't lose his cool. Um, you know, he just kept coaching those guys. And in and, and yeah, and seasons past, you know, we, we've kind of um, had some turnarounds around Christmas break. You know, we're not – we're not playing where we at the level we want to be playing, and he does a great job of when um, those guys come back from Christmas of of really getting after them and kind of um, um, cleaning some things up, and, and that's what happened. And so we we had a really good Belmont team um, come into Mackey Arena. Um, the guys knew uh, Belmont was good, and, and and they were ready for it, you know. And so mm-hmm. you know we all felt good because we needed that win um, after Notre Dame. Um, and then it just, it, you know, it just got to be uh, contagious. You know, we, we, you know, we watched a lot of film, and, and those guys saw, uh, you know, the effort that we had on the defensive end. Uh, we're moving the ball. Everybody's having fun, and 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 you know, we want to do it again. And so um, we we, we kind of picked up a little momentum. We stubbed our toe at um, at Michigan State, and after that, man, we just, you know, we went on a roll. You know, we want to we want a huge game in overtime in Wisconsin, which is a um, a really tough um, arena to go in and, and, and play. And uh, our guys showed a lot of toughness and grit. Uh, we kept it going. Um, of course, we, you know, we, we stubbed our toe a couple of times um, down the stretch, but, you know, we were able to um, um, be co-champions in, in the Big Ten. So, um, in a nutshell, man, that, that that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh there's a gif going around here with all my friends and then the crossroads nation now here that uh, uh, the, the game against Virginia of uh, the pure excitement. Cause I was doing a Facebook live uh, electric chair reaction for the game, the final eight minutes of that game and a Tennessee game. 
And, uh, man, my reaction going back and watching it, I've never went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows so quick in my life uh, <laughs> uh, from the way that game ended. But uh, I loved the, the exposure that Purdue started getting in the, and because every channel you turn it to Purdue was getting all the exposure with, you know, Carson throwing up the, the, the high number of points and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I told Jonathan in a previous show, I said, I can't fault Carson whatsoever going pro because I mean, this was his breakout season. When you want to showcase yourself for that next level, this is the type of season that you do that in. Um, yeah. He, uh, what, so. he, what he did in the tournament. I mean, he, I mean, he couldn't have played, you know, any better, man. He was just, uh, he was a man possessed. And, um, you know, when you, when you put yourself in a situation like that, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, any, 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 any basketball player worth his salt that, that wants to play at a high level, you want to play in the NBA. And, um, you know, everybody kind of knew that, man, I don't, I don't think his stop could have, could have gotten, um, any higher. So, you know, man, he, he's gonna, he's gonna do great at the next level. I think he's in Chicago now, um, getting ready for the combine. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, I never worry about that kid. He's fearless, man. So, you know, he's, he's small in stature, but you know, man, he, he's got the, he got the heart of a giant. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, Brandon, I'll ask I, one I, more. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I, well, I got a quick question. Brandon, we, we, we get to watch it on TV. And like every now and then the camera gets to we we get to see you all dapper and whatnot, right? Uh, and you kind of you look pretty cool. You look pretty cool, complex. But what's it what's it like? What's it like playing a, a real close game? Like you know, either the Tennessee game or even or even the Virginia game. What's it like, dude? I do it because because we have an association with you because we have friendship. Like I'm rooting for you. You know what I'm saying? But in my heart, it's like you know pounding. You know what I mean? And Brandon and, and Brandon tweeting, texting me, tweeting me, whatever. But what's it like being there? Man, you know, um, when I um, when I first got on at, at Purdue as a, as a player, um, man, the, you know, the crowds can be a little intimidating because, you know, you as 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 a high school kid, you don't you don't really you know you don't play in front of crowds that size a whole lot, you know. So I just remember, like, you know, early on, uh, Coach Teddy was, you know, we just we just kind of learned to like block it out, you know. I wouldn't hear anything. Somebody said, "Man, you see that that." that guy in the crowd doing this or did you hear that? I'm like, man, I ain't anything, man. Cause you just so locked in and then it kind of gets to be that way on the bench, but it was, um, the, the Tennessee game, man, the crowds that we had were incredible, but the, the crowd that we had in that elite eight game, I was just like, man, my goodness, man, this is, I mean, it, it was like, it was like Mackie cartoon. Like it was, it was that many Purdue fans in. And so when they, when, when they cut the lights out for the pregame introductions, I mean, you could just feel the energy, and I'm just like, man, this this is this is tremendous, man. So, um, a lot of times, man, I'm just I'm so I'm so locked in into you know what I'm what I'm supposed to be focused on, and um, coach give everybody different assignments on the bench, and so I'm just kind of locked in to, into the guys I'm supposed to be watching or you know you know whatever's going on. Um, right. But it, it was a couple of times we went on that run in the in the in the in the second half, man, and you could just. Uh, feel that energy, you know. But a lot of you know, any other time, man, I'm, um, I'm, I really don't pay attention to it. Calm, okay. cool, collected. <laughs> hey, Brandon, <laughs> uh, here's here's a question I have, and I'm surprised you're. I mean, I've seen you move around, and you're moving around perfect. And I I question that because the bumping and banging that I see you doing in there before games, and I got to know what's it like 
coaching some of the, the, the big guys. I mean, you've got – you had A.J. Hammonds, Caleb Swanigan, Matt Harms, uh, Isaac Haas, and then now Travion Williams. I mean, you've got all these big guys. How's it, how is it working with these guys? Oh, it's it's fun, man. Just you know, I'm I'm just I'm I'm blessed that I'm still able to kind of get out there and 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 go against them. You know, it's kind of like yeah, if you if you look at uh, boxing, man, you can see like some older guys out there uh, with the gloves on, like sparring with those guys. And it, and for me, it's no different, man. I you know it's I, I've been you know doing this for years. You know, playing post defense, playing in the post. Um, so it's it's uh, a lot of it's just a lot of memory, man. I know where to hit guys when they go to make a move. I know how to move my body, or move my feet, and so. Uh, but but there are days when it catches up with me sometimes, <laughs> and, I, and I started doing it when I when I first got there um, because um, I wanted to find a way to get AJ Hammond on, man, because he was just sometimes he could be a slow mover, and so um, um, and of course Brandon, you see me out there with the pads, and I get those pads and. Uh-huh. And, and and I just learned to just talk dirty to him, man. I hit him, <laughs> kind of look at me, man. And it would get him going, and so I'm like, okay. And then the other guys, they, you know, they, you know, kids, man. Oh, it looks fun. I want, you know, come on, coach. And they want me to jump in, and so, you know, it's fun for me, and it's fun for those guys. Um, but I would say, AJ senior year is like when it when it kind of took a toll on me because we we had the biggest front line in college basketball, and so. Um, you wrestle and hit them guys um, uh, every day, you know, throughout the season. You know, it, you know, I can remember uh, towards the end, man. I would, you know, I couldn't move my elbow sometimes because I was always hitting those guys, and they was and they were just so big, and I would have to get stem treatment on my on my elbows. And I'm in the office with ice bags and you know, all kind of stuff, man. These guys are just so big, and so yeah. now it's a little bit different, man. Matt is, you know, Matt's Matt's a physical guy, but he's He's just not as thick and heavy as those other guys. You know, Travion is a load. Um, you know, once he once he like really learns to to use what he has, man. He you know he's gonna be a monster, man. He's yeah you know, one of those Caleb Swanigan guys as far as body type goes. Yeah, he he made a huge a tremendous uh, upside when you know as he progressed throughout the season. You could just see it. Uh, as it went further along the season, I think before the season started, I was at the first game. Um, I hit a few last year. My schedule didn't allow it, but uh, initially, I think you guys were talking about possibly even redshirting Travion, possibly. Uh, yeah, was, and then, we had we had a couple couple big guys that were you know we we felt um, uh, they they just weren't ready yet, and credit credit Travion for. Um, sticking with the plan, and I mean, he always had the talent. He, he came in a little bit overweight, and so he really worked his butt off um, the previous summer to to kind of drop some of those pounds. And he just kept going and going. And uh, we get to the Notre Dame game, and we just we just we looking for you know something to give us a spark and get us going. And um, you know, he was that guy. It just it was just a little bit too late, but he had a really good game, and he was able to uh, catapult himself um, into the rest of the season. You know, so. Uh, still young. He has some ups and downs, but um, all in all, man, he you know he had a good. He showed some good signs, and and uh, if he continues to work, man, he's gonna have a bright future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, John. What do you got? Um, when I when I think about Purdue, I think about obviously success, right? Um, but it seems like it's one of the most close knit uh, family. You know what I'm saying? Family meaning they 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 you know. Former players are, are actively involved. 
uh, with the program. Is that is that do I have a good assessment of that? Yeah, coach, coach is he's done a good job of of building that culture, and and one of the biggest things is like uh, no matter who you are or where you are, like what you see out of Coach Painter is is, is how he's going to be all the time, and so like you know, he does a great job of our, of our guys um, feeling comfortable around him, being able to you know talk to him, being accessible. You know, I think that's I, I think that's big. Um, because uh, the coaches are the, the stars of, of college basketball, and sometimes, man, you, you can get some of these guys that are you know really successful, and and but they kind of uh, removed from my I would say the players' culture, and and, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that that's hard. You know, they, they, they you know they still young men that they, you know, they they go through uh, the same things any other young men would go through, but you know now. Uh, but these guys are under microscopes. So, you know, any little mistake right. they make, man, it, it's going to be in the newspaper. It's going to be on social media. It's going to be on television. And uh, I think he does a great job of, 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 you know, making our guys comfortable. You know, he also does a great job of uh, bringing former players back and, and reaching out to guys. And, you know, somebody needs help, man. He, man he's, you know, I, I learned a lot, man, you know, on the, you know, and, and you guys knew me before I got to Purdue and man, we would have conversations about um, sports and, you know, of course everybody's going to have their opinions, but you know, end of the day, we are, we all on the outside looking in and then I get there and it's like, you know, you know, this guy really knows how to, how to run a program. You know, it's not just about X's and O's and recruiting him. Mean, it's about everything, you know, his, his mm-hmm. administrative skills. Um, and he's great. Uh, with recruits, he's great with the players. He's great with with the alumni. Um, and he's a great speaker. He's a great teacher of the game. Um, so you know, it, it's, it's really taught me a lot because uh, you know, like I said, as I said before, I, I didn't know. Then all of a sudden, you, you get around him, it's like, man, he got all these hats in there, but he he finds a way to juggle them all. So mm-hmm. gotcha. I, I've learned a lot, and, and hopefully, I can continue to learn from him. Yeah. yeah. That's that sounds good. I've got three final questions. Two of them are pretty easy. Oh, you take your time, man. I got nothing but time, brother. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> perfect. So I'm, I question uh, when a assistant coach goes out on the recruiting trail. How many days is that? Like, how long do you spend? Like a like a total like thirty days at, at a time. Do you come back for three days and go out for four, or what? What's that like in college basketball? No, those those were the old days. I think those guys would just go out for like a month straight. And now, um, um, during 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 the live period, uh, which is um, um, uh, we get we get uh, weekends um, in the off season, and um, <clears throat> so usually like now we were, we were out um, last weekend, and so that was uh, uh, we were able to get out at I want to say start we can we could be out at five o'clock on Friday, and it was over at. Uh, I don't know the exact time. It's over on Sundays, and so you I mean usually I'm I'm gone for a weekend. Uh, we get to July, and uh, July's a little bit different. We can get out on a, a Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, and um, have to be off by uh, Sunday evening. So it's it's not like the old days. Those guys are just man, they just pack a big suitcase and you know kiss their wife <laughs> and hey, I I see you next month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I was always thank curious God how I, that thank went. Thank God I missed that era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's uh, with with the upcoming season, the 2019-2020 season, and maybe this may be a fair assessment to ask when we 
meet with you hopefully later on in the, in the year. But uh, what should we expect for the upcoming Purdue season uh, w- with the talent we have currently and what we have coming in and, you know, with the loss of Carson, obviously. You know, it's um, coach does a great job of like um, adjusting to what he has. And so I can't, I can't answer that question because uh, like every other program, you know, um, you know, guys, the, the summertime, it makes and breaks guys. You know, some guys, uh-huh. are, uh, they weren't satisfied with the minutes that they received the previous season. And, 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 and they say, you know what, man, I'm going to go, I'm going, I'm, I'm getting in this gym and I'm going to work my tail off um, every day. I'm going to get after it and I'm going to, I'm going to become better. You know, some guys, some guys don't work. And a lot of that is um, those guys bonding in the locker room, you know, we'll, you know, who's going to step up to the plate as far as being a leader. Um, When those guys, um, when they play open gym, and um, those guys get a chance to work on their games and go at each other. and So I I think that's how we're going. But uh, we're going to be competitive, you know. I I like the fact that, you know, after we lost to Virginia, man, and and that was a a hard loss, man, because, you know, uh, from a coach's standpoint, man, I just wanted it for those guys because of, you know, how we started the season and – a lot of people counted us out because of what we lost, and, and and for us to make it to that point, I'm like, man, I want to keep going, and and you know, so um, you know, sometimes, man, you know, you just you just never know how people will take a loss, and um, you know, we get back um, to West Lafayette, and a few days later, man, I you know, guys are already down there lifting weights and getting after it. And I'm like, wow, and they say, yeah, coach, man, we got a taste of it, man, we want to get back, and so you know, as a coach, man, that was encouraging. To, you know, for right. you know, to see guys getting back to work so early, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think, man, you know, again, man, we we got more than enough talent. You know, we got skill. You know, we got some um, experienced guys that are that are ready to lead. Um, so you know, it, it 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 all depends on those guys. You know, that's the one thing coach does is, you know, they determine you know how we're gonna play and what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do me and Jonathan got to do to get you one summer to participate in the big three? What do we got to do? <laughs> well, it Please tell me you've seen these three. rosters. I, 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 I'd definitely be in the big three if I, if, if I was a former NBA player. So it's got to be like an overseas big three or something. Boy, there's a couple of people who had a cup of coffee in the NBA and they're still on that team, on that league. <laughs> yeah. See if, 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 if JB, man, see do some research and see if it's like a big three for the best one. Who do you got win the NBA title? Who's your who's your horse? No, I'm going with Golden State. You know, and me and, and, me and JB have been going back and forth to college for the months. He's saying the Steph's team, and and I finally agreed just because Steph, you know, Steph was he was drafted by Golden State, and I think you know he 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 came into the league as a warrior, and he's gonna be a warrior. I think KD is is is, is just in my opinion, I don't think he's gonna be there after this season. But you know, he is their best player, but and they just have so much firepower. Um, so you know, um, I know with KD being out. Um, I, I like that ball movement. You know, that's one of the biggest one of the biggest things I've liked about both watching them last few years is is the way they share the ball. And I know early on, like in the playoffs, they kind of had some struggles with 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 the Splash Brothers and like Iso and KD. So you know, if and when he's able to come back, 
you know, I, I still like to see that ball move. But I want to see somebody push um, Golden State, man. I want to see a competitive series. I don't want to just, you know, just yeah. watch them just roll through everybody. So, you know, right. hopefully, you know, it didn't look like Portland was looked like they didn't want to play last night. So, hopefully they find yeah. a way to turn it around. And, and if, if Golden State is able to advance, um, uh, whoever comes out of the East, man, I think, you know, is, is going to be a formidable opponent, you know, especially you Milwaukee. Know, man, I think those guys are physical. You know, they play hard. Um, not a lot of star, star power, but you know, they got a big one with the uh, with uh, Giannis. Can you handle him in the post? Absolutely. With the sticks. Not. With the sticks. But <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he, he, you know, I was talking to somebody today, and I was, I said, man, I'd like to see him kind of develop a, you know, a better post game and just. And you know, guys just don't want to play in the post, man. They, you know, you know, he's, I man, he's just a, you know, he's a, he's a forward, you know, uh, you know. I guess you know, he he can kind of go over some guys because he's so big, strong, and athletic. But you know, I want to see guys, you know, get back to to the post work of, of David Robinson and Elijah Wan and, and and those guys, man. That was a thing of beauty. And now, you know, everybody wants to you know handle the ball and put the ball on the floor and shoot threes and. So it's, you know, it's 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 a different game than, than than the one that I came up watching, you know, as a, as a as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gut feeling, Kawhi Leonard does he stay as a Raptor or does he leave? I don't know. I think that's going to be tough because it looks like he's, you know, he's kind of enjoying his time in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, man, they get to the to the, to the conference finals. Man, they got a good team, but I know he's a he's a West Coast kid and. Um, you know, I think, man, if he goes to the Clippers, I mean, I, you know, they they instant contenders. You know, in, in my opinion, um, you know, I think he can he makes the team that much better. So, um, I think he got a he got a tough decision because you know from you know the way it looks, man, you know, he, you know, you know, it looks like he likes Toronto. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh I've got. <laughs> I've got one. It's a serious question. And then, John, I don't know what you've oh, got. What, i got a couple questions. We've talked about this question probably on our show probably three or four times this past year, and especially after the season ended. But how long and when do we get to see Brandon Brantley as a head coach in a college basketball program? Um, you know, or do you want to do it? Do you want to be a head coach? Man, you know, I tell people because, um, you know, I just every day, man, is is a new day, and you know, I just try to continue to learn and and um, win the day. You know, it's you know that's a that's a that's a big seat, and and not saying that I don't want it, but you know, when that time, you know, if it does happen and, and when it does happen, you know, I want to make sure that that I'm ready. You know, because mm-hmm. you see a lot of guys, it's like, boy, this guy, he's going to be a good, you know, he's going to be a great head coach. And all of a sudden, you know, you see guys get there and it's like, dang, man, he's just, you know, and it, it's a hard thing to do. And so, you know, my, I always say, man, you know, like if and when it does happen, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm 110% ready, you know, to do the job, to be the best coach I can be. You know, not just mm-hmm. man, just, just well, we were coach and, and I fail. Yeah. Well, we were lobbying for you for UCLA because it didn't seem like anybody wanted that <laughs> position. So we were lobbying for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, what else uh, do you got? Brad, Brad I, I've got a couple questions, man. As a player, 
what was your most memorable uh, game at Purdue as a player? Ooh, man. You know, That's going to take about 20 minutes. <laughs> no, That's fine. I mean, like you're talking, we're, yeah. we're, we're talking to a three-time we talking to a three-time Big Ten champion here, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I mean? And, like, at three in a row, like, I had to go I had to go through Yahoo search to see who else. I don't go through Google. I had to go through Yahoo <laughs> search to see. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, Go ahead. It's my it's my freshman year. We we uh we playing IU and uh, so we we go down there. But maybe it was like a couple of days before we go down. We in practice, man. And somebody was laughing in practice. And coach, you know, Coach Katie blows a whistle and he says, "I forgot who the guy was." But he's like, "What's so funny?" You know, and he just he kept asking the guy, "What's so funny?" He was the guy couldn't have, you know what I mean? It's Coach Katie, and he's like, "Okay, we will find out if it's funny when we get down to Bloomington." And so we get down to Bloomington. Of course, man, I had a great team. That was the team's led by Calvert Chaney and, and Greg Graham and Damon Bailey. I mean, it was man, really good team. But we get down there, it's ESPN nationally televised game on ESPN, and we lose by forty-one. I mean, it was just like, whoa, like, and I was just like, man, like. It's hard to be good in college basketball, you know, and, and, and we ended up going to NIT. You know, we were just an you know, okay team. The league was really good. You know, but mm-hmm. a lot of time we, we had we had those guys uh, last game of the season, they coming in the Mackey, those games on, on CBS, you know, with the court. You know, we were you know, we waiting for them because, you know, we got embarrassed down there. It was like, hey, man, we got to fight these dudes. And, you know, we ended up winning the game, I think, 61 to 59, you know. So it was like, for me, that was like the first – the first step just like, man, I gotta you know, man, we work, we come together, man, we, we we can be pretty good, but you know, I just you know, I would watch that team because I knew guys. I was you know, I was cool with Brian Evans, I was cool with Alan Henderson, I was cool with some of those other guys and, and I kinda wonder what you know, what they were getting, you know, man, everybody they, they were the talk of the state and you know, they they playing in big games and they winning big games, they go to the final four and I'm just like, Man, that you know, that's what I want, man. And they kinda set the tone for our team. You know, because it's it's painful. You know, sitting at home watching the tournament, and you're not you're not a part of it, man. The tournament is, I mean, it's so much fun. Um, but, but not to be a part of it, man. That was I was like, man, I'm not doing that again. And you know, <laughs> of course, we got to work and we got better the next year. And uh, the '93 '94 year um, was the first year we won that that first Big Ten title. So. But those two mm-hmm. games right there just kind of like like set the tone as far as my mindset. I don't know. I don't want to speak for any other, uh, my other teammates or anything, but for me, you know, those those games always, you know, I, I'll never forget the feelings, you know, after both of those games. Okay. Um, man, and then like, kind of like my last question, man. Who was uh, professionally or personally, man, who, who's, your, who's your role model if you have one? As far as basketball or just anything? Just anything. Just anything. Really. Just, just, yeah, just anything. You know, um, I always I always say my parents are man. Um, as far as just um, I guess it just being in my life, just everyday people because um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, man, they 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 love me unconditionally. They brought me into this world. You know, and they, mm-hmm. they, they they made sure that you know I'm the man I am today. You know, I owe it I owe it you know to them. And um, you know, and I've, I've had this talk with with. with um, people and and some of my players, you know, we we, we um, sometimes in our community, man, we you know we don't have fathers, you know, that are around, and 
And you know, mm-hmm. my dad was around for me. You know, he's the reason I started playing basketball and, you know, just, you know, so many of the life lessons that, you know, that got me to where I am and, and, and I try to pass on to, you know, to, to, to my players or any other young people who I work with, you know, it's because of him. So, yeah, you know, those are my, my everyday role models. If I had to pick um, a role model in the world of sports, um, uh, it would definitely be Muhammad Ali. You know, I think okay. – you know, um, and, and not only for what he did in the ring, but you know, I, I said, you know, I call him. He was he was a man's man, man. To be able to you know stand up in that era um, of, of racism and segregation and and be him, you know, and that's hard. That's a hard thing for everything is to be yourself, no matter what, you know. Right. And he was himself, man. He he gave a lot of hope to a lot of people that were you know that were down, and, and he was proud of himself, and he was telling people to be proud of themselves and. And, and he never wavered, man. And so I don't, I don't think anybody, you know, will ever come close to um, knocking him off, you know, that pedestal in my world. Okay. Okay. Nice. Well, I know you've got two, you know, your old model for two nephews of your own. You know, I see on Facebook all the time posing in front of that TV when they see Unc, uh <laughs> on there. So, uh, oh, but no, Brandon, I do want to thank you. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, I'll try hell and high water to get uh, Jonathan Birdsong up to Mackey Arena. It, trust me, you're not going to burn walking into that arena. You just got to bring some earplugs. It's loud in there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you, if you get that man, I, I owe you dinner, man. Oh, you hear that? <laughs> Perfect. Well, Brandon, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, I, I guess it wouldn't be a fun interview with me and John, but – Hey man, what what's up with your Bears getting rid of Jordan Howard? Oh yeah. Uh oh. At the end of the day, sometimes I you know I just I kind of humble myself. I say, man, still Bears. Uh, like like something crazy you know could happen. You know, but you know after the season they had last year, and I didn't expect them to to to, to be that good. Um, but for them to you know to move in that direction, man. Hopefully we can keep trending up upward and 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 you know not lose you know too many more key pieces. Yeah, right. well Trubisky's good, and I think you guys have signed seven or eight kickers right now to go through. So uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully somebody will be the right one for, your, for that team. Hey, I, I, I I had real tears in my eyes when he that field goal. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. I think we and Jonathan talked that night. We said, uh, I don't think on our next radio show, we said, I guarantee Brandon Brantley got no sleep that night. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. I was actually driving. I was somewhere, so I had the game on. I was listening to it in my car, and and I said, oh, man, we got to make a field goal. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, man, Cody Parkey hasn't been good. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> he missed it. I'm just like, well, I said, man, and I tried to, kind of, I tried to fool myself. I said, man, we had a good season, and I'm driving about two minutes later, and I'm just banging the steering wheel, cussing, like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, shit. Man, I, I, I died a thousand deaths over my lifetime with the Bears. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, next time you're in town here, if you ever make a stop again, let me know. I'll come up and meet with you. I know Jonathan met with you previously, but, uh, we hope uh, hope you have a good summer, and we hope to get you on in the fall as it gets closer to the basketball season. We get that itch back, and uh, we'll talk some college hoops. For sure, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Take care, Brandon. Thanks again. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, take care. Yeah. 
All right. That was the definitive Brandon Brantley, Purdue basketball assistant coach interview. John, that was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. I mean, we all have great interviews. We've, we've, we've had great guests before. Uh, I won't take credit away from any of them, but, you know, uh, with Brandon talking about the ins and outs of college basketball with Purdue and, you know, we could sit there and, and, and talk about the NBA with him. And, and you know, it's one of the uh, uh, true good guys in college basketball. Um, that was a great interview. I'm excited to hopefully we'll get him back on here as we get closer to the basketball season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah. All right, let's – we've kind of hit uh, – we kind of hit on a few things here. I'm going to finish up. Let's talk NBA Conference Finals. We haven't talked about that. It's the last thing on the rundown that I have. We got Warriors, Blazers. We got Bucks and Raptors. Warriors and Blazers played last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Splash Brothers – Hey, I'm, I didn't say it to Brantley. I was going to say maybe they're better with Durant. I don't know. I know it's crazy talk, but uh, it did. The ball moved a lot better with Durant not in there. Clay's hitting his shots, doing his little taunting. Steph hitting a three. The Blazers got it within four, but even when it was four, John, I didn't feel like they had a chance. I still like, you know, they weren't going to get over the hump. I I know the whole world this morning – and last night too was it was right in Portland off, but I I just I saw a different Portland team uh, this this year, and obviously and, and obviously in the playoffs they 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 kind of moved the needle. Uh, you got to remember, that I'm, I'm making a excuse for them. They won't make a excuse for them because they're athletes, right? But I'm making a excuse for them. They're coming off a seven a grueling seven game series uh, where they had to win on the road, and they were and like I said, Golden State, Golden State was the was the more prepared team. They were you know they were resting. Um, so I still got. I still kind of feel like this. This can go six. <laughs> it won't go. It won't go seven. It will not go. Come seven. on, man. I still feel like Portland will win a game or two. Um, we'll win. We'll win, win one game. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 seemingly they seemingly do not have. They didn't have an answer last night at all. And you cannot. You can't. You can't just trade. Try to trade threes with Golden State. You can't. Like you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose that, you're gonna lose that matchup every time. Um, but um, as far as Durant, I, I, I'm not, I can't run through that door. I, it is to me, it is Steph's team because I think he's a great player. I also think Kevin Durant is a great player. But sometimes you can't have two great players on one team. You know what I'm saying? Somebody has to be the A guy. Somebody has to be the B guy. Um, which is like you know, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley could never play together. You know what I mean? They just wouldn't. Like you would think they would win, you know, nine championships. Maybe they would, but you know, you know. But with Durant being out, it, it kind of forced Steph to step up to you know, and not play casual. He plays the most casual NBA basketball of a superstar ever, and that's what he is. He's a superstar. He can't now. He can't. He's not six foot eleven like Durant, and he can't dunk like LeBron James and. He doesn't post up triple doubles like Russell, but he does. What he does is shoot the lights out. And like last night, and he and he finds guys open. You know what I mean? He, he finds he makes the right pass. And last night we saw we saw him basically kind of carve up uh, Portland. And when he did get close, they kind of put their. They was like, ah, right, okay. Well, you thought it was gonna be close. We're gonna we're gonna make sure it's not close. So, Golden um, State is obviously the better team with or without Durant. Uh, it's kind of gonna be on. Portland's backcourt because that's where they get the bulk of their points and and leadership from to kind of step up to at least get one game out of this. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go five or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland may sneak one, but like I said, I just this for some reason this Warriors team now everybody's stepping up that uh, stepped up back in the day when Durant was off this team. Uh, now, yes, they're they're obviously they're going to be a better, a lot better with Durant, and you know even Boogie Cousins is not. He may come back for the finals. I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to need him. <laughs> you know, I also right. think with Durant, and they're not going to admit this as a Warriors organization, but, you know, I guarantee they sit in that locker and they're like, you know what? We probably don't even need Durant for here against the Blazers. I mean, I know that it's not, it's not being a big, a big shot to the Blazers or Portland. I mean, it is a little bit. But, I mean, they can they can beat Portland in a series without Durant. And do we risk re-injuring? You know, why rush him back when we can have him sit two, three, four games? And I'd rather have a right. healthy Kevin Durant for a finals. Right. So. To go against Portland. I mean, to, excuse me, go against Milwaukee or potentially Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, looking at the Easter Conference, that starts tonight here in about 40 minutes um, here on Wednesday night. The Toronto Raptors visiting the Milwaukee Bucks, the one seed versus the two. Uh, Milwaukee's had some rest since they beat Boston. Toronto just came off of a last-second four-bounce end of game. That I, <laughs> all I could send to you, text message, was, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I could not that see that incredible. going in. But uh, I, I don't know where to go with this game, with the series even, really. Uh, I've seen Milwaukee do well. They both lost, right. at, lost at home in game one. But they did it to uh, Boston. Milwaukee did, and then they came back and won four straight. But I, I don't know. I'm on the fence on this. I would have to probably favor the one seed, the Bucks. But I don't know. I'm hoping for seven games. Right. It's, it's right. It's not like you can just write off Toronto just because you think Milwaukee has a better starting cast than Toronto. You know, Toronto kind of showed us how well they can defend a big or uh, frustrate a big, and Milwaukee's kind of their whole team, their whole offense and defense, right, is kind of running through a big, right, depending upon what Giannis can or can't do, if he's on the floor or not. So um, I would imagine between Sergey and Baca and between uh, Marcus Hall, they'll, they'll probably play, and I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't even pronounce the other guy's name, the other big name, but I, I would imagine they kind of do the same frustrating, frustrating defensive uh, possession basketball to frustrate Giannis. Um, it could, I could, don't ask me who's right now. I, I, mean, I don't know who's better between Giannis and uh, Joel Embiid. It's not like it's not, I know Joel Embiid's kind of looked as immature oh, or whatever, but but I you don't know the do, answer to that. I don't. We, we may, maybe we have to do a poll later, maybe Friday or so. Well, uh, the winner, the winner of that one, I'll tell you, doesn't cry uh, at the end of a game. I'll tell you that. Right. Well, so. All right, man. I talked about the Tom Hanks uh, in, in, uh, in the League of Renault. There's no crying in baseball, dude. There's no crying in basketball unless you win the title. There's no crying yeah. in basketball unless you win the title. Like, That's a new crying Jordan NCAA, Right. This ain't. This is not one shining moment, bro. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 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 but, but to the point, man, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know where this series is going to be like a, a real touch and go. With Milwaukee and Toronto, and it, and it, it, it potentially can go seven because Kawhi Leonard, if Kevin Durant is the number one player in the world, Kawhi Leonard got to be number one A plus because he's playing some incredible 
and, and inspired basketball. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Uh, I'm going to declare these two people dead, uh, basketball style dead. But for them to win this series, and I'm talking Toronto, these two guys have to step up and play. But as of right this second, we're going to play the music. Let's go ahead and – because for some reason, this year with between Kyle Lowry and Mark Gasol, their basketball <laughs> talents are gone. I don't know if the monsters from Space Jam 2 took their talent for the movie, but Mark Gasol, you were a, you were a double-double. 18 points, 11 rebounds, and you're what now? Yeah. Six points a game? I think the average. I think he's averaging less than six. Oh yeah, around around six, man. They don't utilize Mark Gasol in the same situation they use him in Memphis. Um, but yeah, he he has he's looked kind of ineffective other than just being a fouler and slash rebounder and somebody to kind of kick out for a jump shot or even a three-two, which he's capable of hitting. But he's not the back to the basket kind of guy that they just use in Memphis at all. Uh, Kyle Kyle Lowry, we always know that he he's always going you know he saw flip flop so, so yeah kinda, I kind of kind of go with the backcourt of Milwaukee we have to edge and we have to do you know saying take for take edge for edge um, Kawhi Leonard he's still the he's still the best wing in this contest I, you know he's still the best wing on on, on either side so. Um, it kind of, kind of I think it's going to kind of. It's the, it's the games will come down to if Giannis has a big game or if Kawhi has a big game. Whoever, mm-hmm. whoever wins. Interesting. Uh, as I'm, as you're talking, I'm looking at some alerts I'm getting. Uh, there's a new camera angle showing Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett laughing right after New Orleans won. They announced New Orleans, laughing like <laughs> I ain't going there. And then there's an article now out that Adrian Wojnarowski, take it how you will with AJ, oh, well, Wojo, uh, he's reporting that Zion Williamson possibly could consider going back to Duke. Not going back to Duke. <laughs> I, give it, give it one more run. Give it one more run. Um, give it one more run. They'll win the title. <laughs> oh, I hope so. They need to. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies reported now that. ESPN is reporting that Memphis's front office appears to be "quote unquote" locked in on taking Ja Morant with the number two pick. So with Zion one, Ja Morant number two, the New York Knicks, you're up. You're going to be R.J. Barrett. Well, I mean that's all you can take really, or else you're going to piss off everybody else. That's a smart guy. You know, Brandon, teams should, should be leery of like sending out uh, media information about that. Like, man, play it kind of close. Play a little poker. That that you know, what I'm saying they maybe somebody might offer you the world for pick two. You never know. But I, I mean, I, I would take Moran at number two. But like usually people just like play a little poker, man. Don't let everybody know what you, who you're taking. We all know that we're going number one. We all know that everybody in America and everywhere else in the basketball population knows Zion Williams is going number one. But like all those other selections, kind of like maybe somebody want somebody maybe somebody might want the deal for number two. Yeah. You never know. They could, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, last thing I got real quick, I'll hit on uh, Crossroads Sports out the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, month of May, Indy 500. I was there yesterday. Um, I did get to catch up with some of the other uh, racing analysts there. I did watch practice all day yesterday. I did watch a little bit of practices today as well. Um, Everybody trying to tone out their cars at first. Um, Ed Carpenter, 
the Butler Bulldog himself, 228 miles an hour, 228.683 miles per hour uh, yesterday. Topped it for most of the day until Ping Pinsky with Will Power and Simon Pagino, both over 229. Um, for those that don't know IndyCar, that must be was with a toe or, in NASCAR's terms, a draft. So when they qualify this weekend, uh, there'll be no drafts. It's single-car qualifications. So uh, right now, uh, Ganassi Racing actually had the fastest speed for that. Alexander Rossi with the, with Andretti Racing should be very strong this year. And then, obviously, uh, you've got the Team Penske with Will Power, who won it last year, and Simon Pagino. So uh, there was a couple crashes today, big crashes. Fernando Alonso, the big F1 guy from Europe, came over his second year back over here for the Indy 500. He was involved in a crash just about 1230 this afternoon, uh, struggling so far his first two days at the track. And then about five, five 15 or so this evening, there was a big crash for uh, Felix uh, Rosenquist, new rookie driver for Chip Ganassi racing, took a big hit in the turn two wall. Um, it took him a while to get out of his car. There was a little question if he was injured, but he did get out. Um, all good there. They are going to have to go to a backup car as well. The forecast looks good for practice on Thursday. And then Friday is fast Friday before qualifications. So they're going to put a little boost in those engines and the speeds are going to go up higher. And then you got qualifications this weekend. Uh, then you have another practice on Monday, which crossroads will be there. I will be there for Monday's practice and then uh, carb day. And then they need a 500 in two weeks. So month of May is approaching us and, quickly coming to an end already it seems like yeah, it goes by so fast. fast like an indy car <laughs> so <laughs> ah, it's a little cheesy had to say it john any last things you got from you oh we've got a show next week let me bring that up real quick we so we have a show cool. next week we're going to do it next tuesday night 6 30 p.m so a week from six days from now uh 6 30 p.m tune in blog talk radio as well, we will have uh, another show. Uh, John, why don't you talk about our guest that we're going to be having on? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did. Gonna, I was on Facebook, man. We're going to be talking to a vice, uh, vice president of operations, Chris Artis, uh, next week. Of, uh, and I, I don't, man, I don't want to, it's, it's called Incarnate, right? I don't want to. Yeah, Inc- Incarcinate. Right? Yeah, Incarcinate. Woman. You see, man. Yeah, man. Sometimes the tongue gets messed up, man. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> friend, uh, newly, newly, uh, uh, not newly crowned, <laughs> newly hired vice president of operations, Chris Artis, will be joining us uh, next week. He's also uh, a Valpo grad, played a little basketball at Valpo uh, here in Indy. Uh, he took a job down in San Antonio, uh, so we'll be talking a little bit more hoops uh, with him as well next week. I hope everybody. Uh, I mean. Chris has got a, a great fan following uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, hell, Dawkins has even chopped him out on his show uh, from time to time. Uh, but like, I think it's, it's going to be it's going to be a great a little, another listen for us uh, for all you Crossroads listeners. Guarantee, because he knows, dude, he knows his hoops. He knows his hoops, and he you know he don't really he's not necessarily a fan of any one team or anything like that. But he does know his hoops, and like we've debated. Oh my God. At end <laughs> on, on many on many a basketball conversation, man. And I wouldn't invite him on. I would well, well, we wouldn't have him on if he didn't know if he didn't know his thing. So I'm, I can't wait uh, for next week's show. I mean, I can't wait for all the shows, right? But I can't wait for next week's show already. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was a great uh, – looking forward to that. We're going to have some good debates next week. I might have to go ahead and start prepping those now um, as we as we say. But, no, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Crossroads Sports, Brandon Brantley, our guest. Uh, amazing interview. If you get a chance to listen, uh, play it back again. It was a great interview. Uh, this will be up on iTunes later tonight, and it will be back out on Facebook page as well tonight. Please share, subscribe, and like it. Um, John, I didn't get a no from him. When I asked him about when is Brandon Brantley going to be a head coach, so he said when the time is right and it's the right program. So I love the fact I got a chuckle out of UCLA. So I'll I'll take that from me. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it was great great show tonight. Uh, thank you everybody. Hey, oh yeah, I got one last thing for you. The A the AEW just announced that they're going to be having their pay per views on Bleacher Report live, and then also TNT for their regular show in the fall on Monday nights. We got the Monday night wars coming again. I'm going to watch and tune in. Right. Since raw, I, I mean, I was supposed to be watching raw since it took the time off, but then the, the show <laughs> sketches have went down. The creative kind of went like sideways with raw. So uh, it's not, it's not as interesting. I will never say what the wrestlers or the performers do in the ring because they, they always put on a great show for like what, the storyline is kind of, I don't know what's going on. Um, I love, I do love Bray Wyatt's character or what they've kind of done. It's weird. It's very, it's weirder than what he was doing prior, <laughs> prior to, you know, saying him being Bray Wyatt and just, you know what I'm saying, with the, with the lights and with the, with the acolytes or whatever. But, um, but yeah, with A&E, with A&E, oh my God, with A&E, <laughs> joining joining t uh, it's gonna give us. It's gonna give you chills about. Uh, uh, the, I, I, this is what I hope, Brandon, that they don't use that as constant chatter. Like, just leave WCW alone. It's over. Vince bought it. It's over. Be your own brand. Be your own company. You have your wrestlers. They've got. They've got a lot of former WWE, WWF guys. They've got a, a lot of guys from the independent circuit. I hope. I hope. I, I wish nothing but the best for them. I'm, I'll be all in. I'll be watching. Yeah, absolutely. Looking, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I, and I really hope they don't try to do everything WCW did to try to make it just like it. I hope they make their own identity, and because uh, right. I think it actually could go somewhere. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. They're getting all the, they're getting certain talent there, which is great. So hopefully right. it'll continue. Right. So I got a couple things. Right. We yeah. check out. I got a couple things before we check out, man. Uh, my 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 Twitter hot, my Twitter handle Three Pushmen has been a buzz about um, different cults. I won't go into into great depth because we talked about it. we talked a little enough. But I, my Twitter my Twitter handle has been a buzz about the cults moves. Even though people are happy, but cults fans are just ain't they ain't happy enough. So uh, different things about um, Ingram going to join the by the by the New England Patriots man and other and other what the defensive schemes going to be man Brandon you wouldn't believe it. But I just wanted to, I wanted to add that in there. Um, you know what I'm saying? Anybody want to talk post, go to threefoolsmen.com. We, we will, on Twitter, we'll, we'll talk at it. We'll talk with them until we're technically blue in the face. No pun intended. Absolutely. Football season's coming. And, and, <laughs> right. And a uh, couple other things, man. You know that song by Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus? Dude, it's stuck in my head. I love it. I love it. Oh. L-O-B love it. <laughs> we need a, we, I already want a new song. I, I, it's overplayed now too much, man. Give me another one. Oh, my it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful. Song. I would play it, but well, there's copyright violations for that, and I don't yeah, want to get us kicked off. Everybody, so, everybody knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. But, 
Other than that, man, I want to thank everybody for listening. I also want to thank uh, Brandon, Coach Bradley for coming on and talking with us, man. Like I said, man, uh, Crossroads is going to keep on bringing um, – uh, people, what, what you what you're not expecting, and what you what you deserve. So, uh, yeah. everybody keep on tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll make sure we have some some great interviews, and we we'll make sure you have some great commentary for you. Absolutely, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. Please like, subscribe, and share. This will be up there tonight on iTunes and the Facebook page. Get it out to the masses because uh, they don't want to miss this awesome interview with Brandon Brantley. So, take care, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday night, six thirty, same place, same time, same channel. Thanks for listening. Crossroads Sports.